Hey, this is Brandon J. Clack, and you're tuned into Game Changer. everybody, Brandon J. Clack here on all your social media platforms, and this is another edition of Game Changer. And I am so excited about this particular conversation that we are about to have. If you remember season one, and if you don't, do yourself a favor and go back and re-listen to all of the information and the content that was on season one. But I want to draw just a brief parallel, because in season one, we had a conversation about spiritual sons. And it was, I got a ton of feedback on that particular conversation. And today I want to do something called fathers. I want to talk about spiritual fathers and just fathering in general, some things that I've learned and some things that I have experienced and I've walked through in life. And I think it's worth the conversation as you begin to identify maybe who your father is uh, in a, in a gospel context, in a Christian context. And then maybe you might have some, some difficulties really understanding or connecting with your natural dad, or maybe you've never met your natural father. And so this conversation is really going to build a bridge from the son's perspective over to the father's perspective, and even bring some enlightenment to those who have the amazing opportunity to be a father. Right now, I personally believe that the role of fatherhood is under an onslaught and an attack. I personally believe that as fathers begin to step up to the forefront of the family, that a lot of things begin to come into order. It's almost like the house gets set into order when fathers' voices uh, become known and not become rare. But I want to draw your attention to a couple of things that I think are interesting. Just a few days ago, uh, uh, it's just into the new year here in 2020. And so just a few days ago, I was outside with my children and uh, my kids were working on layups. They were doing a layup drill. And Zion is my oldest. She's 14 years old. And Noah is currently my youngest. Zoe is on the way. And Noah was working on some layups with his big sister and they were all doing very, very well. And a few times I noticed that Zion traveled and a few times Noah threw the ball over the backboard. And so I'm coaching my kids because they said, dad, we know that you had a time when you were really good at basketball and we want you to coach us in something that you had seemingly mastered. That's a whole nother conversation. And so they say, dad, will you teach us what you know? And I said, absolutely, let's do it. And it's going to be a great bonding time as well. Well, Nyla, who is not interested in basketball at all, decides to come outside and stand next to me. So I'm coaching my daughter. I'm coaching my son and they're missing layups and they're traveling and they're doing what all beginners do. They're, they're showing their inexperience. They're showing that they're just not really as accomplished or as polished as maybe who they admire on TV. And so because I'm standing from a coaching perspective as their dad, I start coaching them and I'm giving them some corrective action. Let's start right there. Every good father corrects sons and daughters. If you are someone that 
cannot handle correction, then it's quite possible that you really don't want a father. Now, I'm talking about uh, in a Christian context because that that spiritual father word, it's, it's a hot button in certain circles where it's really uh, someone's idea where I get a, a stronger mentor presence in my life. Or maybe this individual, this man of God has some anointing or some gift sets or some accomplishments that I admire and I feel like it's something that I want to ascribe to or their DNA. You're saying, Brandon, what are you talking about DNA? I'm talking about their philosophy of ministry. I'm talking about the the way that they believe, the way that they see things, the way that they approach things. You feel like it matches and meshes very well with that person. And maybe you've said, yeah, that's my father in the gospel. That's somebody that I listen to. That's somebody that has the keys to my next level. If you have identified someone as a father, please understand this. If you cannot be corrected, yeah, that's probably not him. Now, on the flip side of it, if a father, if, if if the fathers out there feel like they don't have the potential or the access or the voice or the credibility to correct, then, then you are really leaving out a tremendous growth measuring moment for the person who has identified you as a father. I am Zion. Nyla, Noah, and Zoe's father, and a major aspect of me being their dad is my correction. If I see something in their life that is going to cause a slip up, is going to cause a mistake, I owe it to them in love to provide correction. Until you can see correction as love, you are not ready to be fathered. And until your heart posture begins to describe and distribute correction through a place of love, you're not ready to father anyone. And so I'm correcting, let's get back to the conversation. So I'm correcting Zion, I'm correcting Noah, and I'm doing it in love. I'm not ridiculing them, I'm not talking down to them. I'm not belittling them, but because I am a father, it is my job to correct you in the area where you're still growing. Now, here's why they weren't offended. They didn't take my correction, get up and leave and say, I, I, I don't want no parts of this anymore. You too mean of a dad. Number one, because they know that I'm their father, they know that I love them, number one. So my love always speaks louder than my correction. I have track history of loving them more than I do correcting them. That's number one. And number two, because they have passion about an area that they have not mastered, they're not going to opt out of the correction just because they don't like what they hear. They're trying to move to a level of mastery that if they perfect it well enough, it could pay them for the rest of their lives. The truth is if either one of them perfects their game on the court well enough and they take the correction on the level that they're at, it could blossom, it could groom, it could mature into a very lucrative life because it started at the foundation of correction. You can't take four four steps before you take a layup. You can't dribble the ball with both hands. You can't shoot the ball with both hands and expect accuracy to make a bucket. All of these things need corrective measures. Here is something, though, that I thought was very interesting. As I was correcting Zion and and Noah, Nyla is standing on the sideline. And Nyla's on the sideline and she's saying, 
Dad, I want to coach, and I want to yell at them too. And so Nyla starts yelling at them, you're no good. How dare you miss that shot? You can't be trusted with the game winner on the line. I mean, she is completely heckling her brother and her sister. And no, and Zion turns to Nyla and says, hey, leave me alone. You're not my coach. And I turned to Nyla, and I said, Nyla, you're not helping anybody. And she said, Dad, I just wanted to yell at them. I just wanted to tell them that they're not as good as they think because somebody needs to let them know. And it dawned on me, fathers stop siblings from sabotaging seasons. You need to write that down. I said, fathers stop siblings from sabotaging seasons. You know that you have encountered a father when he is willing to put to rest sibling rivalry. There is something unique about a father's voice when siblings are trying to rip each other apart. Hear me. Fathers do not get involved in petty disputes. Fathers do not take sides in criticism that could ultimately kill. So my job as a coach, as a father for my children was to to let them know you're not doing it right. But I didn't just tell them how wrong they were without showing them the solution. You know that your critics are trying to kill you when you can only point out my wrong, but you won't tell me how to correct it. Those are the type of critics that you need to separate from. But fathers through wisdom can look at what you're doing wrong and provide solutions that if you will adopt, you'll become better at what you're attempting to do. It is the power of a father. Fathers at times will go silent and they won't always give you all of the answers. But if you will remember the teaching and the corrections that you receive from a father, you're able to walk in the power, watch this, of a memory bank. I personally believe that it is the power of a father to create the type of memory in sons and daughters that they will never second guess the solutions that they have saved up in their memories. Every good father stocks their sons and daughters with solutions. Your fathers should not leave a trail of regret wishing that you would have never listened to them and never encountered them. You know that you have found a good father when you find solutions in your memory that you can remember the teachings that they have provided. So I was able as a father to not allow a sibling to sabotage a season. Watch this because my kids are in the infancy level of their development on the court. Anytime that you are in the infancy level of anything, you need to attend your ear to a father. This is the power of God to give you a father. You want to know something cool about Jesus's father, God? When Jesus was born and there was an uh, there was an attack against his life and Herod was trying to murder him and trying to assassinate and snuff out his life, here is what a father did. A father began to speak to Joseph and he said, "Hey, you need to take care of my son. Go take him to Egypt. Go hang out down there and I'll tell you when it's safe. Hear me. Fathers 
provide blueprint for safety. Man, I'm talking better than y'all saying anything. Real fathers provide blueprints for safeties. But if there are sons that will not listen to the blueprint, hear me now. I know you're ambitious. I know that you're a tremendous uh, emerging leader. I know that you're grown. I know that you know everything by now. I totally get it. But when you find a father that can give you a blueprint, it's best not to try to push what you think is best. Sometimes it is better to follow the blueprint of someone that knows more than you. I am so glad that Joseph didn't tell God the father, nah, I got this. Jesus is in my uh, care now and uh, we can handle Herod, uh, God the father. God bless you. You ain't here. I'm taking care of Jesus. I am so glad that he did not assume that he did not need to follow the blueprint. Fathers give blueprints. Fathers create breakthrough. As Jesus is hidden away and waiting on Herod's demise, a breakthrough takes place. Herod is no longer around and Jesus is able to move into the next stage of his development. Watch this in a safe season. Not only do fathers give blueprints, not only do fathers provide breakthrough, but fathers give you safe seasons. If you are not connected to a man or a woman of God and and you don't feel the overwhelming safety of God, the father tie your track shoes and run you should be able to connect your faith to a to a spiritual father and a safe season will be the byproduct of that now hear me i'm not saying that everybody has to have a spiritual father some of you may never feel the need for that and that's totally fine but for those of you that feel called to connect yourself and your faith to that you need to understand that safety is a major byproduct of what you need to attach your life to This was Brandon J. Clack on all of your social media platforms. And this was our conversation on fathers. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure that you subscribe to everything that we're doing here on this podcast so you don't miss an ounce of what's going on here. All right. Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Peace.